The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Alright, Piercing Wizard Podcast, motherfucker. Um, so, introduce yourself, you lovely lass. Hello, um... My name is Lola Slider from Forest Piercing in Glasgow, and I am currently with Ryan Willette in Nashua, New Hampshire, North America, planet Earth, uh, the Milky Way, the universe. The universe. Yeah. Not a universe. The universe. Um, so we're going to just kind of ramble a little bit. We're going to talk about probably a couple different subjects. We don't really have like a, a narrative to be too specific. I wanted to talk a little bit about bedside manner and a couple different things that have been on my mind but you don't want to get too far into it because you're going to be probably doing so i've been invited to do uh, a talk app session at the app conference this summer um, about self-care and when i got the email about that i was like do they know who i am because like it for me i'm not like the you know Take care of yourself person. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a a viewpoint on self-care and maybe that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Like maybe it's a good thing to have an alternate view of of self-care beyond what people are are used to hearing. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to taking part in it, but I was a bit worried that I would just ramble on and kind of like exhaust myself of anything I had to say and then I'd have like nothing to say for that. But um, Well, it's only 15 minutes and I don't know how to tell you this delicately but you talking for more than 15 minutes is usually not much of a challenge how dare you so you're, you're going to be doing talk app yeah. which like if people have never seen that format it's like similar to like a ted talk you know you go up you speak you kind of do like a general lecture but it's not so much a class it's a short format thing usually about 15 minutes yeah and um i think that that'll be good for the topics that i want to cover um, and I have a, a pretty clear idea uh, of what it is I like to say, and I talked about it with you a little bit to try and figure out, like, how, how do I feel about self-care really and honestly, not like, you know, some kind of manufactured version of what self-care should be or what you think it should be. Like, but you're not talking what about, like, it? bubble baths and candles. Yeah, I don't even have a bath, yeah. you know that. Yeah. But... Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with bubble baths and candles. If I had a bath, I, w- I would love a bubble bath and some candles. But I feel like we're really focusing too much on bubble baths right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't think that those aren't valid forms of self-care, but they're not my forms of self-care. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to sharing some of my thoughts about it and um, thoughts about how we can reclaim our space in our studios a little bit and in our homes because... Um, without getting too far into it, you and me were talking about how... You and I. No, me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ryan and I were um, talking a little bit about how since COVID, um, we've really, really given over greater and greater chunks of ourselves. um, And 
why that is and the effects of that and what causes that. And I definitely have some thoughts about it. Is there anything that you wanted to share about it? Yeah, I don't want to step on your dick too hard, though. You know, so if I, I if I end up, um, he's so small. Uh, if if we end up kind of veering too far into what you're thinking about writing, I'll you know, pinch let me know. You. Yeah, well, maybe don't pinch me. You can pinch me verbally. Okay. But like before before COVID, before lockdowns, before appointment only piercing life for me, um, my my days were a lot more. I don't know. The energy was more spaced out between myself and the clients. There would be you know usually multiple clients in the studio at a time. So it was like this bouncing around from person to person, a lot more staff. I had my tattooers still at the time and all this different stuff. It was, you know, the whole beehive of activity kind of cliche. Now, um, it's it's very much one-on-one, like literally, literally one-on-one sometimes for me because I don't typically work with a counter person at this point because of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times when I'm working on someone, I'm directing 100% of my energy towards them. And I mean like 100% of energy. Like I'm not really keeping a lot for myself because like when clients come in, it's a lot more definitive. You're going to be here for about 30 minutes. I'm going to make sure that you leave with a good piercing, but also I want you to be happy up front when we're talking about jewelry. I want you to be comfortable when we're preparing for the piercing, I want you to be well informed when we're talking about aftercare and to do all that stuff well in 30 minutes uh, means that I have to kind of like stick to almost a script. And it's like, I feel myself doing the same dad jokes, the same cadence. I'm, I'm nailing the same lines like I'm an actor in a play or like I'm a musician on tour, like doing the same stuff in the same way because I know it'll have probably a similar positive reaction. And after a while, it grinds me down and grinds me down and grinds me down because like if I'm not having a good day emotionally or just energy wise or whatever um, it doesn't matter to the clients I, you know they don't come in and like I don't have them fill out a release form that says like I'm very sad today I don't want to make jokes with you it's just like hey do you have any allergies I'm going to go set up your stuff mm-hmm. so like I'm putting out the same level of energy whether I have it or not and there are lots of days where by the end of a day of you know, a dozen clients or more, whatever, um, I go home very drained and very like, um, I don't have a lot left for myself. So most of my nights are just like sit down on the couch, turn on the PlayStation and that's the end of the day, you know? So like there, there really isn't a lot of self care for me other than when I take days off and like when my days off are like avoidance days, it's like, I don't even want to look at my email because Mm -hmm. I don't have anything left for anything that falls into work category. You know, one of the nicest things of it when I visit you is that because we're five hours ahead here, um, everything back home closes Mm -hmm. relatively early in the day here because we're five five hours. Is it five hours ahead or five hours behind? Well, you're five hours ahead in the UK. So like by, by lunchtime here, everything has pretty much closed in the UK. So and if it's you don't get bad like, news by noon, you're not yeah, going to get bad it's, news. Yeah, it's like this amazing feeling of like, oh, nothing bad can happen today because we're past the cutoff for bad news. Right. And it's like, it's something I realized because I wake up so much earlier than you. Like I'll get all my work done and it'll get to lunchtime and I'll just feel like I've made it for then I can just enjoy the whole rest of the day. And mm-hmm. it's something I don't get back home, yeah. which is really nice about being here. But um Listening to what you said about how you feel and your client interactions and and mine, 
I think one of the things we have in common is that we work solo a lot. And I think that that does have an impact because when you're working with a lot of other people, say you're in a studio with several other piercers, there's always somebody to just kind of like bounce thoughts off and, mm -hmm. you know, like roll with things. If you have a bad experience, you can pick each other up. When you don't have that, it just sits with you. And I've had some experiences that have like sat with me for so long because they were so bizarre and so kind of unpleasant for me um, that it's hard to push past those experiences. And um, I had a, a situation, well, I, I think my biggest fear now with clients isn't that I'll do a bad piercing. Like when I was younger, I was worried I would do a bad piercing. Now I don't worry about that. I worry that someone doesn't vibe with me, yeah. air quotes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like there are situations where when you work one-on-one, -on -one, someone comes in and for whatever reason, you're just out of sync whether it is what you're you're stepping on each other's words or you're not or you make a joke and they don't laugh or you know they're being you know it's like you're out of sync with each other mm -hmm. and it affects the whole experience and you try really hard to not let it but, but then there's that desperation hanging in the air but then the reality is if you pierce a thousand people a year what are the chances that you're just going to vibe with a thousand people you know and sometimes the most you can do is just do a good job at what your job is. And your job is executing piercings safely and well, being pleasant and kind to people. It's not like immediately connecting with them on a deeply emotional level. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's an expectation that some people have, especially when they're uh, screening you advance in, in advance on the internet and they're seeing, oh, I really wanna go to this person, which is amazing. But there's nothing worse than that feeling of, of somebody hasn't enjoyed their experience as much as they thought they would. And that for me is my biggest fear now. It's not that I'll do a bad job. I know I can do a good job. And in the event that you know anything happens that I'm not happy with, I, I feel confident in being able to navigate that now. Now my biggest fear is that someone's just like, oh, I hated her. And that has happened to me. And it's, it's just, it's been the worst, the worst yeah. piercing I've ever done was not as bad as that feeling of just being like, it's maybe happened to me tw twice. No, three times, I would say. Three times that's happened in like 13 years. Well, probably more people than that have not liked me, but ones that have actually said it or said it to me, mm -hmm. that's happened three times. And each time it's been like the worst feeling in the world because I've, I've never gone into someone's place of work and just told them, just so you know, it's you specifically I don't like. Well, it's think about so it hurtful. like when you, when you go to a restaurant, and, um, you know, like the, the server is like, they're not having a great day or whatever, but like they do a good job. They bring out your food, they, they refill your drink, they bring your check on time, all that right. stuff. So you're just like, well, it was perfectly fine, but it's like, you know, how much can you really expect from people in the service industry? Uh, and I think this completely ridiculous precedent has been set because you have piercers who are good at it. And I know you're good at it. I know I can be good at it, but it's like when it feels forced, then that throws everything off. So if you have piercers who are talking online, who are setting this precedent in a way that they're using it as marketing, like everybody should be able to go into a studio and feel welcomed and feel the energy and feel that someone is at their best and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, when did we move beyond respect your client, do a safe piercing on them, make sure they're well-informed, answer their questions? Like, I, I get that. And like that at a minimum standard is what we're supposed to be doing as a body piercer. But like, you can't force someone to have this like connection or, you know, for, for the vibe to be right. And like, I'm not trying to say that we should be rude to our customers. That's not at all what I mean. 
But I think that we're in a dangerous kind of place post lockdown where we're, we're almost being like dishonest with clients, dishonest with ourselves and trying to like perform for some of them. Yeah. And when it comes to performance outside of like do a good piercing, uh, it, it can really be a little bit soul crushing. And I think that that's going to amplify that whole piercer burnout kind of a thing because it's like you can't. You can't be that 100% of the time. Nobody can. And if you try to like say or act or pretend or trumpet online that everybody should be that all the time, you're setting the clients up just to be disappointed because like if you're doing an excellent service, but you're not in the mood to tell jokes that day, you know, like I had to work the day I found out that my coworker died. Mm -hmm. I had to work all day long. Like Evan went home, I stayed and covered his appointments and I had to just like perform and do good piercings and all I could think about was my friend that died a couple hours ago you know mm. and it's like I remember that day yeah and I, I remember telling you to go home yeah and you know we don't we don't have to leave this in if you don't want to well but you know why, why not be honest we I remember that day and I remember saying you have to go home and you expressing to me that it was going to be more emotional work to phone every client and try and move them and cancel them and try and say something had happened and do that over and over that was going to be harder than you just putting on a brave face and just doing the actual work because you had the muscle memory to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And like in a way, just playing out the day as normal, it's going to be easier than phoning a bunch of clients, some of them that might potentially, you know, be like, oh, you know, I, I'm not happy that my appointment's being canceled and trying to manage that situation. Well, the reason I knew why it would be a, a, a emotional labor is because... I don't know how much I want to say because part of it was an yeah. emotional moment between me and Evan. But like I found out about Rob at like 11 a.m. Evan showed up at quarter to 12 or 1130 or whatever. We had whatever conversation we had. Evan went home. The first appointment was 1215. Right. So I called the first appointment and I was like, hey, I'm sorry. We have to reschedule you. There was an emergency. And they had this t tone because like they didn't know. I didn't tell them. All they knew was like they've been waiting for their appointment and they get to like less than an hour and then they're told we have to wave it off. And they were just like, oh, all right, I'll reschedule. Yeah. And it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, well, hey, this, you know, but like I was just like, I can't do that a dozen more times yeah. today. So I'm just going to stay here. Evan goes home, takes whatever time he needs, but I'm just going to, like you said, muscle memory through it. And I, I think I only cried in front of two clients that day. Yeah. But um, anyway, not to go off track, but, yeah, but things happen like that when you're at work. Things like, happen. Even people that... have kids, people have families, people have all their other stressors in their lives. And like if they can come in and they can just like be pleasant and perform their job like to to a good level, that should be enough. Yeah. If, if it's that extra cherry on the top of like they made me laugh, they made me smile. We had this nice connection. I felt warmth it's like yes that's that's also fantastic and like that's what i would like to give the majority of my clients but trying to set a precedent and and almost making piercers feel bad when they can't provide that yeah. I, I think is inappropriate i i agree i think that um we constantly set the bar higher and higher for, for ourselves which is a good thing to always be pushing but when it comes to the emotional role that we can take on with our customers like i said it's completely unsustainable and unrealistic that you think you should have an instant connection with with a thousand different people a year and be able to intuit just in 30 seconds what their needs are mm -hmm. without them actually telling you without them communicating them to you and we can do little things like i i do my silent appointments now 
where people can basically request a <laughs> silent appointment. And, and I still have to like talk to them to ask for permission and tell them what I'm doing. But it's basically a little box on the form that says, I don't feel like chatting today. Yeah. So if someone was having a day like you were having and they came in to just get the appointment done and they didn't want somebody like me being like, so what's going on with you? How's your day? Like I've, I've been and had things done before, like, um, you know, you go for a massage and someone won't stop asking you about your job and it just ruins the whole thing yeah. and you're like... Because you just want to get the massage. I can't tell you how little I want to talk about my life right now. Yeah. Like, so, you know, there's you can do little things like that, but the expectation that um, you'll it'll just be the best experience of your life when you walk in the door, that's what scares me the most now because I know that I can't provide that. What I can do is do a piercing safely and well um, and try and be kind and compassionate and communicate as well as possible but it's still not going to hit the right notes with everybody it just can't it's not possible sure um i want to come back to the silent appointment thing in just a minute but we also forgot that the whole reason we're recording this podcast is to plug our webinar one last oh, time right. okay be cool <clears throat> okay <laughs> so right. no, ryan relax. what are you doing the first sunday in february well, Lola, I'm glad you asked. Um, I'm actually uh, teaching a webinar. Really? With you, actually. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? I can. Uh, and guess what we're going to be talking about? What? Jewelry sales. Jewelry sales. Jewelry sales. Jewelry sales. How amazing and are those is that? sales going to be ethical or? Well, you know, I try to aim for ethical. And, uh, you know, I'd say it's more of a strategy than like yeah. an expectation. Okay. Um, but like, you know, I remember a, a point in my career where I didn't have internal thread, threadless jewelry, gold jewelry, all those different options. And what and did you do? Well, see, I was really intimidated to bring those things in because mm -hmm. I just didn't have anyone to, to teach me different responsible ways that I could do it and, and, and to talk suck. about budgeting. Yeah. What, what has been your experience in that? Have you ever been able to give people like sound advice in that category? Well, um, I have been known to offer an opinion here or there on the subject. Um, my class, it, it was originally called transitioning uh, to internally threaded jewelry. And then I realized I actually mainly use threadless jewelry. So I changed the name to transitioning away from external thread. And what I really like about the class is it's not a technique class. It's not like how to use the jewelry. It's how to talk to clients about it in a way that's gonna retain their business. Because when you're using an inferior product and then you transition to using a superior product, it's really hard to say, hey, that thing I sold you before wasn't great, but let me sell you something better now. It damages the trust in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And the way that we uh, market these new products, superior products that we're trying to deliver to our clients, the way that we market them is incredibly important in retaining their business. Um, if I bought something from someone and I went back a while later and they were like, oh, that's rubbish, let me tell you something better, um, I would maybe think twice about spending more money there. I would think, what if I come back next year and you tell me this is rubbish, you know? So particularly when you're working in an environment as I was working in when I first started, where 100% of the businesses are using a low-end product and you're the only one saying, actually, mine is better, it takes a lot more work than people think. It doesn't sell itself initially. You have to be the salesperson for the product. So um, the class is really educating people on how to communicate that to their clients and also how to pay for it. Yeah, that's, that's something that I don't want. Like, 
everything you already said is great. Like the, the conversational skills that go along with it is great. But I was most impressed when I saw you do the class. I, I was most impressed by you break it down into a formula that makes sense. Like a lot of people are intimidated where they might say, I have, you know, a hundred monies or a thousand monies to invest. Yeah. But like once I buy that product, I don't really know what to do. Like, do, do I live off that money that, that I get back from it? Do right. I take it and reinvest it? Like, what do I do with it to help grow my business? And it, it was really helpful to, to see you cover that. Well, it's because I went through that process of literally having like 200 pounds and being like, what can I do with 200 pounds? And that was it. Like, in you know, entirely external thread to start with and just going from there. Um, and one of the reasons that I wrote the class was because I've been through several jewellery transitions to improve quality, um, implemented all of them. And on the internet, I would see this recurring argument from piercers that were working in good quality studios, selling good quality jewellery, saying, just, just invest in better stock, just invest in better stock. And it would drive me crazy because I would be like, right, there's an assumption there that everyone has fair access to capital, which they don't different demographics, um, different countries, different communities do not have the same access to capital. So this narrative that you can just walk into a bank and say, give me money mm -hmm. for this business that doesn't actually exist in the region or country that I live in, sure. prom I promise it's gonna work. It's it, it's bananas. So that, that really bothered me and I wanted to write something that would actually help people other than just telling them to stop being poor like Paris Hilton. There, there are lots of studios where they've had advantages, economic, geographic, whatever advantages that they've had. And sometimes when they're giving advice to other piercers, they kind of like, they forget that not everybody has those same advantages. I've been just as guilty of it as anybody else. Um, but like, you know, there are studios where it, it, it might just be like a dream for them to be able to pull together 500 bucks to make a, a neo metal order as an example or whatever. So it's good to, to have a, a class like this where people are looking to make that jump. And like, you know, I've had to make jumps plenty of times going from like, who cares external to like step down was a huge deal for me. And then going from step down to internal and then bringing in everything else. It was a huge deal to me. And I had to do it so slow because I just, I didn't know what I was doing. And I had to like trial and error, learn things the hard way, make a lot of financial mistakes make a lot of like inventory level mistakes, all that stuff. So a class like this, I think can be really helpful for people. My side of it, which I'm still kind of like working and, and polishing, like I had a version of this class that I taught a bunch of times over, but I put it together in like a, a, a slide program where it didn't look as slick. So now I'm redoing like the same presentation, but just like a, a nicer version in PowerPoint. Then I'm gonna freshen it up and add some new information. But like you've seen, the, the system that I use in the studio and like, yeah. you know, basically that Evan and Lily are also using in the studio and you get really good results. But the, the thing that I'm really happy with is like, yes, you get strong sales, you're selling air quotes, expensive jewelry, but people come back a second time, a third time, a 10th time, because like, you're very respectful about it. Like some of these studios that bring in jewelry, they feel this financial pressure where it's like, well, I spent X amount of money on this jewelry at conference or, you know, trying out a new company or whatever. And if I don't sell it, I don't, I can't pay my bills. So sometimes they end up pushing jewelry a little bit harder than I think customers might want. Sometimes they might end up being like, yeah, that, that jewelry, I can make it work there when maybe it's not ideal for an anatomical placement. Or sometimes, 
you just don't read the room correctly. A client might be like, yeah, I'll, I'll get that one. And then they end up spending so much that they might not come back because of buyer's remorse or sticker shock or whatever. But the system, like the part of my class, my system, ethical sales strategies is, you know, how you can increase the, the, the tickets of your sales, you know, bring up your average dollar or pound or whatever spent in your studio so that strengthens your studio, gives you an opportunity to compensate your staff a little bit better, but you also respect the clients. Um, you're not making financial decisions for them that they'll regret. They're not going home and being like, man, I wish I hadn't spent that much, or man, I, I wish I hadn't gotten this piece when I really just wanted this other one. Like you're respectful of their choices, so they're gonna come back. And when they want something new, whether it's fancy or simple or anywhere in between, they're gonna go back to your studio, my studio, whatever. Um, and, and that's really how you build a studio is repeat clients. Um, you know, if you get somebody just in once, that's nice. But if you can have somebody coming back and bringing their friends and bringing their friends, that's how you really grow a studio. So that's that's how I like to present it. And that's, that's gonna be my half of it. Yeah. So it's gonna be Sunday, February 5th. Registration is still open now and registration will probably close let's probably say February 1st, just to give people a good target. Um, this is a class that you have to verify for. If you've ever taken a private class from me, whether it's in person or online, or if you've ever taken any of uh, Lola's webinars, um, you don't have to re-verify. You've already verified in the past. We can just invoice you and it's done. If you haven't taken a private class from us, we're just gonna ask you to show something that, that, that proves that you work in a studio. We're not picky about it. We'll accept lots of different things. Something as simple as like take a picture of your business card or take a screen grab of your, your shop's social media that shows you as a piercer, you know, listed as a piercer. We don't need you to like send us a, a huge amount of documentation, but since we're talking about sales, um, since we're talking about like all different stuff behind the scenes in a studio, we need to make sure that you're an employee of a studio or a staff member of a studio. So if you're looking to uh, get registered, get verified, sign up for this class, um, one of the easiest ways to do it is go to ryanpba.com. Uh, there's a Google form that you can link to right there, but that Google form has also been shared on both of our social medias a bunch. It's been shared on my Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. There's an event listing there. Um, and if all that is too tricky for you, just email me, ryanpba.gmail.com, or you can even really just message one of us on social media and we'll send you the link to, to get registered and verified. Any thoughts on it? Um, I'm looking forward to it. It has been revised. My, my class has been revised as well since I did it for LBP. Um, because as you know, shit just continually happens to me all the time. And I have to learn new ways to save money and make money pretty much constantly. Um, so it has been updated um, to reflect new ideas and new strategies. And the goal really is that while this is a paid class, it's $100 for both classes altogether. Um, each one, I mean, mine's about an hour and a half. I think yours are usually similar. Um, is that if you can take even one or two things away from this, you can save so much money by right. not making every mistake that I have made in, yeah, in the me. past 13 years. Yeah. So really, this is just like a, you know, here, here's everything. If I could go back and do it differently, if I could have, you know, hit these notes instead, and time things just a little bit better. Here's what worked for me, here's what didn't work for me. Um, I think that it really pays for itself. Yeah, and like, you know, to kind of pat myself on the back, when I've done this class before, 
uh, I would get messages, you know, a week or a month after being like, hey, you know, the class already paid for itself because I, I put your strategies into use in the studio and just like one one good sale can can pay for something like this. So yeah. um, also keep in mind that like, you know, the money goes to us to like support us and keep us in business. You know, it's it's not it's not easy right now, especially with with Lola's side in the UK and how insane expenses are getting. So, um, you know, it goes directly to supporting you know, you mostly. <laughs> uh, any, anything else related to that? No, not really. I'm just, okay. I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, me too. And thanks to the people who have already signed up. You know, we, we really appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to put a lot of work into making it valuable for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another aspect of it that we don't usually talk about that much is just you have access to ask any question you want and get an answer. You know, the uh, Q&A is a big portion of this. So if you have questions directly related to your studio, uh, come prepared with questions, ask us something specific, we'll give you a specific answer, we'll give you our opinion and, and input. So going back mm -hmm. to the silent appointments thing, yeah. um, I laughed, I, I lolled, I laughed out loud literally when um, I saw you post about that because I was like, all my appointments are silent appointments <laughs> ideally because like I... I'm never like a, oh, what line of work are you in? You know, like I've heard, I've heard people say that that's part of their routine is like, you know, ask them about their work, their day, what they're into, their interests. Like I don't do any of that stuff. Like I have my conversation up front about the jewelry. When they come in, it's like, oh, do you have any questions about aftercare or about anything I'm doing during setup? And if they're like, no, then it's like, okay, then I just wash my hands and set up. You know, like I, I'm, my conversations in my piercing room are driven by the client. If they want to talk about something, I'm happy to talk about anything. Sometimes I have these long conversations that start with like, hey, I like your pop figure that you have on the shelf, or hey, I like your framed Skyrim map. And then we have a conversation about those things. But I don't, I don't really like to be very intrusive about clients and their lives, because if they don't in, you know, volunteer the information, I don't really want to pull it out of them. Well, I'm not, I'm not like, hey, what's going on with you? Have you ever been divorced? Did you have a pet that died that you want to talk about? I'm not like that. But I think part of it is that like, because I have been commented on in the past as not being particularly warm and bubbly, what? which I think is a gross mischaracterization. I think that I do try a little harder to make sure people know that I'm not in like a bad mood or like angry or, you know, I feel like when I'm quiet, people interpret it sometimes as rudeness. Whereas when you're quiet, it just seems like you're just being quietly professional, you know? Whereas when I'm quiet, I feel like this tension hangs in the air where people are like, why isn't she talking to me, it's you know? It's because of your furrowed brow. I can't help that my brow is furrowed. Also, you know, it's, it's tough to really convey um, body language and like emotional expression when I'm still wearing a face mask at work, you're still wearing a face mask at work. So it's like really all you see is the eyes. Yeah. You gotta smize more. That's what you have to do. You have to smize more. Um, so I think for me, the the silent appointment is, is as much for my benefit as my customers, because going back to that thing of like, if you're just not vibing with someone, if you're just not gelling with someone, they have the option to be like, you know what? I'd rather not talk. Let's just do the appointment. And that's totally fine. That I wouldn't ever take offense to. But, you know, trying my best with somebody and having them specifically be like, I didn't like you, that's not good enough. That's like super hurtful. I would rather someone was just like, you know what? I don't want to chat today. I'd be like, cool. I had, uh, I had this, before COVID, I had this group of three friends and um, I only allow the person I'm piercing plus one friend in my, my piercing room. 
the other people have to wait out in the lobby. And now it's really just like the client plus one and don't even bring anybody else in the door. But um, it was, I pierced the first person and then uh, she was just one of those like, she was the leader of the group. She was the stand-up comedian of the group. And yeah. she was just making her friends laugh and laugh. And they were having this great night out. And th they were the end of my day. I was very tired, but I was doing everything I thought really well. You know, we picked out great jewelry. I got it sterilized. I'm setting up. I'm doing all this stuff for, like, an excellent level of piercing. And she was just trying to, like, tell me these jokes. But they were the ones that were all at my expense. Like, kind of, like, needling me, picking at me. Yeah. Kind of making fun of me a little bit. And just, like, wanting me to laugh it off. And I was just like, I'm going to go home immediately after your group. Just, can we just, you know? And I didn't I didn't vocalize that. Yeah. But apparently she could tell my body language that I was just not enjoying her humor. And then she just said out loud. She's just like, oh, yeah, this guy doesn't like me at all. He's probably going to, like, make it hurt a lot more. And in my mind, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could. I would, I would, I would never do that. But it was just one of those things where it was just like, Haha. and, like, how do you how do you come back from that? Do you be yeah. like, oh, I'm just, I've had a really long day. Then it turns into this, like, he's not giving us his best. And then if you don't laugh, then it turns into this thing in the air. And it's like, I get it, you know, um, they probably left unhappy, but with perfect piercings. Yeah. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, how much do you really expect? You know, like we've all, again, you know, you've seen a server at a restaurant and it's like, you can tell that like, they just want to give you the thing and collect their money and then continue on with their work day. Yeah. No thoughts on that? No, I was just listening to you. I mean, uh, like, I don't, I don't just want to bad mouth your clients but well, I, th I think some people are jerks they're jerks in restaurants they're jerks in tattoo studios they're jerks in Pearson Street they just go around being jerks the and there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about the it the two Sometimes, other people in the group were lovely yeah but the um, leader was terrible so you know you'll it's it's a little bit like uh, when you know someone's trying to talk to you like a, when a guy is trying to talk to you in a queue I've, I've had this before where there's somebody usually drunk in a queue in Glasgow and you're just like, oh, don't see me, don't see me. Like you're in a queue for a bus or for food or for something. And then you ignore them and then they're like, oh, well, you don't want to talk to me. Think you're too good to talk to me. And you're just like, oh God, this is just getting worse. How could, like, just let me just, you know, disappear inside myself. And it's like, those people are jerks. There's not a solution to that, you know? Like I think we're still, we're a solution oriented group piercers and that's part of the problem. Whenever something like this happens, you talk about it and people have so many suggestions. And the one suggestion that they ignore is, fuck those people. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, the answer is they're being jerks. And yeah. all you can do is just be professional, do your job. It's not your job to come up with a solution to people being jerks, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that's gonna happen sometimes. Well, I, I try to, um, as I said, you know, most of my appointment space is somewhere around 30 minutes, plus or minus a little bit, depending on what they're getting. And I just try to, I try to pace the appointment in a way and I try to fill the space in a certain way where there isn't really a lot of like awkward dead air, you know? Um, we do the jewelry and then I, I set them up with their release form while I'm getting the statum loaded. Once the statum's loaded, I come out front, they're most likely done with their form. Then they come back. Hey, do you have questions? Did you want to talk about, you know, this, that, or whatever? Okay, I'm just going to set up. And while I'm washing my hands, it'll either be like I'm answering their questions or maybe we can have a little bit of a chat or maybe we're talking aftercare. But if not, all I have to do is maybe a minute or two of setting up and then it's like, okay, we're going to get to marking and you get up and then it's more interactive and I'm doing this. And there isn't, there isn't this like 10-minute 
period where I'm just sitting there in dead silence with someone else in the room. I had a funny moment with um, my apprentice, Jordan, who's my counter person and recently started apprenticing. And um, one of the, the reasons that I, he's a very good counter person is he's very warm and friendly and chatty, which sometimes I'm not. So he, he compliments me brilliantly because he's good at all the things I'm bad at. And so um, we've started getting him into the piercing room and I'll have him um, clean clients and he'll do like practice marking on them. And if it's good, we'll use it. And if it's not, like I'll remark it just to try and get him his confidence up in that room, um, like managing clients in that respect, because it does feel different. And um, I was like, okay, when I do that kind of thing, I like to let him lead and say, I'm just going to pretend I'm not here and then I'll step in when you, you either get stuck or when you're done doing what you're doing. Um, and then he, he was just silent. He was completely silent for like two whole minutes. And then I was like, so how's, how are things going with you? How's your day? Because it was just so weird, the three of us just in dead silence. And then um, everything happened. And after the customer left and everything was fine, the customer left and I was just like, you didn't talk for a really long time. And he was like, I ran out of stuff to say. I used all my stuff out the front of the desk yeah. and then I couldn't think of anything. Need more material. <laughs> right, so he like basically used all of his material at the front counter chatting to them and then he just couldn't think of anything to say. And I was like, not easy, is it? When I'm yeah. here by myself, having to fill all the silence. Uh, my best filler is I will just talk aftercare. That's yeah. it, you know? And like if somebody's like, oh yeah, I've had peers before and I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I just want to reinforce that you want to do this and do that. So when in doubt, talk about aftercare. You know, like that. that's probably my only tip. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I don't, I don't want to step again too much on your talk APP. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but is there anything else that you want to talk about with that? Like boundaries and, and stuff? I know that like a lot of my non-shop boundaries um, have been kind of set by what you do, you know, with social media and like not just instinctively answering every single message from every single avenue. Like you really want to funnel them into the professional avenue and then you answer that during professional time. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm going to get a lot more into at conference. But what I would say just broad strokes for everybody to hear is that it, it's helpful when you stop letting random people that you don't know, including me and including Ryan, it helps when you stop letting random people that you don't know dictate to you what your business should be like because they're not in your situation, they're not in your demographic, and there are some things that we all share universally as body piercers, and there are others that are actually very specific to certain locations and certain communities that will change from place to place. So. I mean, even looking at tipping is a big one. You know, we don't have that in the UK, we have it in the US. So it's like, there are big cultural differences. Um, even I can see like when you visit me or when I visit you. And that's why it's so silly that when someone online says something like, I would never do this and you should always do this. Sometimes it's like, it's, it's a little unrealistic to think that we should all be rep replicating the exact same business practices. Mm -hmm. um, like I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to mention anybody specific, but there are people that I've seen post in forums and things and, you know, make comments that I completely disagree with, but I'm not going to get into an argument online because it just descends into, you know, shit throwing really, really fast. So that's kind of why I'm looking forward to the talk APP because it gives you an opportunity to actually like talk and hear each other um, 
without it descending into into that kind of circus yeah because there's a nuance to what you're saying and an emotion to what you're saying that is definitely lost on social media well how about we change the terminology where instead of people using phrases like you should always or i would never why don't you start saying things like well you know the policy in my studio is blah or you know my clients seem to uh, respond better to blah because like yeah what about the next state over the next country over somebody with 10 years more or less experience like they're gonna do things differently you have it you have a completely different market you have a completely different clientele if you're talking about the studio down the street then you know it a lot of the whole like i would never do that in my studio is really just local marketing it's like you shouldn't go there because i do this here try not to transfer that online where you're trying to make yourself look like the best piercer ever mm-hmm. because like you're you're probably harming a lot of piercers out there who were who were already doing an excellent job but they're doing it differently from you so if your client uh, or their their client you know reads like some sort of like oh i heard that you were never supposed to do this in a studio it it can just be harmful unnecessarily Right, and uh, Fatma, when you had Fatma on your show, um, she was talking about uh, home visits. That's something that you or I would never do, but yet it's something that Fatma not only needs to do, but works for her, you know? So it's one of those examples of, um, it is a, it's a global community, so mm. it's kind of unrealistic that we, we hold each other to the same standard and whoever has the highest standard wins, you right. know? It's like, um, you know, you know what, I would never, except Euro in my studio. It's like, well, yeah, it's because you're in America. Um, but there, there are loads of things like that. Um, yeah. We were even talking, I'm, I'm not going to get into it because you know how I go off on a tangent. Do you? But we were, I, I have been known to. Um, uh, we were talking just a couple of weeks ago about uh, price displaying and how in some studios that would be completely out of the question, giving people any sort of indication of what the pricing was before they arrive. In my location, that would be outrageous. And in uh, pretty much all of Europe, there's like a legal requirement to, to make that information transparent and honest um, to prevent basically shady business practices. Bait and switch. So, yeah, exactly. So, but then in America, in lots of studios, they don't view it as a bait and switch. They view it very differently. So it's one of those things where that's something that people will disagree on enormously, but there are very valid arguments on both sides. Uh, I do talk about that quite a bit actually in in my class, which is gonna take place on February 5th, Uh 2023. Um, But there was a point in my studio where I was flat priced, you know, everything costs X amount. Um, And then when it turned into like, well, there's a piercing fee and then a jewelry fee, you don't necessarily wanna like, lock somebody into a price on the phone because it's like well then what if they come in and they decide that they want to get nicer jewelry or more plain jewelry and then the the price changes Mm -hmm. but what i try to do now is um uh, i say like you know give them at least a a ballpark you know so that when they come in they can be prepared some people don't have credit cards some people don't do bank transfers some people prefer to come in with cash and they want the appropriate amount of cash and it's probably more reasonable to give them a, a range than to give them a specific target. I understand what people are going for when they're like, oh yeah, never give anybody a price. But you have to look at like, the reason why some people expect that is because lots of stores have unethical practices where they do something like bait and switch. They make people think that a mattress will cost $200, but when they come in, they're like, oh yeah, all the 200 ones are gone. We have these mattresses for 500 so that's why like being transparent about your prices in at least some form is is kind of necessary for some clients, some regions. Maybe not everybody, 
but I think it, it does help some people. But I, I will talk about a lot more of the strategy that goes into it in my class. If I could just mention one other thing you can. about that, which I don't believe is in your class, but if it is, feel free to edit out. Um, is that just if you are one of those studios that's like, I will not even give a range or an upper limit or a lower limit in advance, you seriously need to examine um, the credibility of your deposits. Mm -hmm. And the and when I say credibility, I mean the, the right that you have to tell someone they can't have their money back when there was never a, either a minimum or a maximum term agreed to because it's hard to foresee a situation where that would be valid. Um, so that that's just something else that's worth considering, putting right. yourself in the client situation there. And what you mean is like, you know, if you have, let's say a $25 whatever, um, you know, booking insurance, you know, yeah. some sort of a deposit or whatever, then a client comes in and they say like, I had no idea body piercing would cost $100. I can't afford that. I don't want to get pierced today. And then you're like, well, fine, but you're not getting your deposit back. Like right. that is unethical. Yeah, and I don't think it's something that would hold up if it was disputed. No. Um, so it's just worth something thinking about, sure. that's all. And I do talk you know, in a lot more detail about how you answer those 20 phone calls you'll get every day where yeah. somebody's like, how much is a nostril piercing? And like, I have an answer, I have a strategy, but come to the class and I'll explain it in detail. Yeah. Do you want to talk any more about conference prep? Because like there's this, we're, we're in this pocket right now where both of us have to prepare for our 2023. I want to tell people about the first fucking time I had to teach a class with you at conference, All right. which was before we were dating. Uh -huh. um, in the the US or the UK? Oh, the the US. Okay. Um, so we're doing we're yeah we're doing safe practices again um, together this year. Me and you, you and I, you and Ryan I. and Lola, um, and we did safe practices together in 2018. That was 2019. 2019. 2019. And you didn't tell me anything about the class uh, or give me any instructions or talk to me at all pretty much before. And then when I tried to get hold of you at the conference, you were just like, I'm really busy. I can't talk right now. So like uh, I, I met up with Baron before our class, which I think was on the first day, I think. And it was in the morning. Um, and I got shouted at by a volunteer for not going to the orientation because it was the only time I could sit sit down and talk to Baron about like, right, well, what are you talking about? So I can make sure I'm not talking about the same stuff. I don't think I even saw you till the class. Um, it, was, it was terrifying. It was so scary. Okay. So <laughs> there have been, there, there's going to be probably at least one or two other people that might listen to this episode or might hear something like that in the future and like laugh hysterically because I've put multiple people in that scenario. When when I do safe practices specifically, that's a class that doesn't have a PowerPoint slideshow and it's just all talking. And like you wouldn't have been assigned to that class. Baron wouldn't have been assigned to that class. Other people don't get assigned to, to teach that class unless... They're a piercer who knows safe practices, you know, whatever that means to them, backwards and forwards. So, like, I knew that you were a clean piercer, that you were a safe piercer, and that you probably had some opinions on, like, what goes into that. And I was just like, yeah, that'll be fine. We'll wing it. We have an hour and a half. And it's like, I had, I knew what I was going to say. I knew the, the subjects I needed to, to hit on. But other than that, like... But I didn't know those things. Well, you did great. 
Thank you. Yeah, but like that's well, you that's, see, that's the other because what I had to do was learn everything, so that I was like, I'm just going to have to think of a million things to say, so that when Baron uses them all and Ryan uses them all, I still have something I can talk about. Yeah, and you, then, you talked about boxes and like organizing your cabinets. Yeah, and, because it's the only thing you guys didn't talk about, well, and like when when I called you on it and I was like, what, you you didn't give me any information about the class. You were like, oh, it's safe practices. Everyone see, you know, it's, it's on every year. And I was like, I've never been to conference before. <laughs> I'd never been to conference. I'd never been to Las Vegas, never been to Planet Hollywood. Well, well I think, I think that was the first year they did it in Planet Hollywood, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Um, but you did great. And then like for the second session, you you knew exactly what the format was. That's the problem with that class is like, the only way where I could have explained it to you, like what it was, is if I had a recording of it and had you watch it. Because there is no syllabus, there is no PowerPoint, there is no anything. And like admittedly at the time, that was when I was like finishing up on the board. I was way too busy to yeah. like walk somebody through it. Um, so uh, I forgive you because Thank the you. class went fine. Yeah, it did. Because I'm awesome. Yeah, and because um, I'm there and like safe practices is always going to be good as long as I'm there to direct traffic. So in short, if anyone wants to come to safe practices this year, um, I think that it'll be good because... Are I we going to rewrite it start to finish? Um, well, I, I didn't write it originally, so anything that I write will have to be new. Um, and you will definitely talk to me about it beforehand because you're dating me now, so you have to. Okay, fine. Well, so we're going to be doing safe, spoiler alert, we're going to be doing safe practices again. Um, I'm pretty sure, I, I'd have to go back and double check, but this might be 10 years of me doing safe practices in the piercing room. So, um, you know, good to have you in with that fresh perspective. I think we're going to rewrite it. I think we're going to have a little bit more of like a, maybe not a full on PowerPoint, but I want to have some slides to help illustrate some things about different studios and like, I want you to talk a lot more about disposable and, you know, I'll talk about reprocessing and blah, blah, blah. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really good class. Um, it will feel a little bit tighter because all the classes this year are going to be one hour. So probably a little bit less time for like jokes and Q&A, but I think we can nail the info. Mm -hmm. um, you're doing the talk APP. Um, on you know bedside manner or self-care self-care yeah. you know all those different things that fall into it i'm doing a, a panel um studio owners um with a, a few other studio owners are basically sharing their perspective on like how they keep the the lights on um i i'm i'm a little bit worried because like i have previously been a little bit of a pessimist and this year i am a little bit more of a doom and gloom monster no yeah believe it um, and like, you know, there's plenty of other shit that I haven't even talked about yet. And it's going to be tough for me to go into a, a, a panel like that and not just be like, yeah, and don't forget about death, <laughs> you know? And well, look, the, those are the things that affect people the worst. And it's important for people that are going to hear, you know, somebody who they can relate to talk about those experiences, because those are the things that are going to be the hardest to overcome at work. So, I mean... Nobody wants to sit and hear a panel of three or four or five people talk about how brilliant their studios are and how they're just killing it every day and how it's been the best year ever. Oh, wait, no, you mean like that. every other conference ever? I think that, you know, it's important to have people talk about how hard it's been and how it hasn't all just fallen in their lap and how that there have been a lot of downs because in that like 
urgent scrambling to just expand and get bigger and have even more of a presence and do more work and have more staff, um, it's important to talk about um, the sacrifice that's gone into it and, and the things that haven't worked and the difficulties so that an image isn't just presented to young piercers and business owners um, of, of every day you just killing it because they're going to have a really unpleasant experience when they learn that it's a fucking shit show almost all the time. I like the article that you wrote for The Point. Is that because the picture of it, you can really clearly see my nipples? I can clearly see your areolas, not just your nipples. Wasn't like, me that it looks that like picture. it's painted on. Well, I can't help. Let me that... thank whoever it was that picked it because it kale. you got a great rack. Oh. I don't want to be like too sexist about it, but you got a great rack. Well, the thing is, you know, like both of those things can be true. I can have nice nipples and write a very thoughtful article. What it's you not doing? one or the other. It's, yeah. you know. Anyway. I'm a chameleon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you talked about things that you wish you had known uh, when you opened your studio. And, you know, just for anybody who hasn't read it yet, it's free and it's on the APP's website yeah. under the, the point, which is their, um, their like trade publication you know uh the the point used to be quarterly now it's just kind of like it's a different format it's more of a blog style format website but um if you've never looked at the point go to the app website under publications it's all free you can read it all it's a fantastic resource you know print media uh, I, I think has fallen a lot to the wayside because of like social media and like video and audio podcasts things like that but um, the point has such a wealth of information and it really shows the, the growth of the APP and the growth of the overall piercing industry going from a, a time when internal threaded uh, jewelry and, and you know, high quality piercing was definitely um, even more of a minority than it is today. And it, that whole progression of like conference growing, the community growing, strong leaders coming and going and all, all this different stuff, but really good article there. Um, I got a nice message from from somebody um, saying they really appreciated the the line in it where I wrote you can't work harder than someone else's incompetence. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciated that. Well, it I I like the tone of it because if you try to pretend like you've only had successes in life, when that other person who you know could find your failures helpful doesn't have access to that information when they find their own failures they're going to feel um like overly critical of themselves because they might see it as like well this other piercer they've never had adversity everything's been perfect for them they've never had to struggle or grow or claw their studio is beautiful and they have all this all these things that i want and i can never get there and blah 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 it's like we all we all struggled through our own failures to find our successes yes <laughs> I was just going to say, if, if, if that's true, I am one of the most helpful piercers known, known to man, if we're judging helpfulness by a willingness to share their failures. Well, I, I, I like hearing about your day. I mean, a lot of your days have been like tough to hear lately because of how much adversity you've had to persevere through. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I, I admire you a lot as a business person and you're very inspiring to me because like, while I might be a massive success, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, no, like I, you know, I have a lot of failures and a lot of things that I beat myself up over and a lot of times where I don't even want to try anymore. And then like, you know, seeing someone like you who's still pushing and, and still like working so hard, like it's, it's really inspiring me to not give up when 
I find my own struggles. Well, it helps to have a sense of humor. It does. It you know, it just gives me something to laugh about. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I want you to take me to the movies. Yeah. What are we going to see again? Megan. Megan. Yeah. I don't, I don't have high expectations of it. No. Yeah. I'm but, not, but I don't want to see not, Avatar. No, I don't want to go see Avatar. Yeah. Because I don't I can't. I can't have that kind of bladder control, and I hate getting up and having to pee during a movie, especially yeah. like a really long ass movie where it's like you come back and you're like, "What? What? That person died? What happened?" Anyway, yeah, okay. Well, let's stop talking again. If you want to register for our class Sunday, February fifth, all about jewelry sales and you know helpful information, you can go to my website ryanpba.com. You can email me ryanpba@gmail, um, or like you know any of the other avenues that I've hit you over the head with. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about? You want to mention your Patreon? Yes, thank you. That's very subtle. Okay, wait. <clears throat> so how are things going over on Patreon? <laughs> that's, the, that's the least organic <laughs> transition. Um, that's a very funny story, Ryan, and I'd like to hear more about it. But first, can you tell us about what's happening at, at Patreon? Dot com slash Ryan PBA? The very same. Well, I, I put out that video about forward nostril piercings mantis piercings mm-hmm. um but i also started recording a new series all about jewelry tips and tricks i'm going to start trickling that stuff out i'm not going to have it come out in one giant chunk i'm going to have it come out in a couple different like grouped things and i'm going to start by talking about like downsizing like i don't want people to just talk about experience from like i've been using this stuff for years like try to try to share information try to er- share education from like when you just started out with a, with a thing and you didn't really have a, a base level of knowledge for it so some of these videos are going to be talking about really simplified aspects of like this is how you do a downsize when we when we throw around terms like that downsizing and wellness checks and whatever this is what goes into it if you need to keep a backing in place and uh, or if you want to just change the backing and, and reuse a front if you want to change tops on a surface anchor if you want to do all these different things that involve maybe tools maybe just doing it by hand but you know jewelry change stuff i made a bunch of different videos about that that i'm going to start trickling out and those are going to start coming out um, this month in january of 2023 Um, you recorded a forward helix piercing that i did all disposable Mm -hmm. and you also recorded a really nice little uh, tip and trick about reversing direction with completely disposable blanks Mm -hmm. without having to use tapers so i have that i'll put that together and that'll probably be next month i recorded an eight gauge pubic piercing which is definitely a rarity i hardly ever get to do those so i was really happy to be able to record one and i'm very happy with how it came out And then um, just the other day, I recorded an industrial piercing on a client who wears a hearing aid. And I think sometimes clients with hearing aids might feel self-conscious about getting ear piercings because if a piercer doesn't have experience with it, they might be like, well, this piercing isn't viable because you wear this device or whatever. But, you know, all you have to do is little tiny tweaks and and maybe a little bit of a slightly different position. The industrial piercing came out great. It's not going to interfere with the person's hearing aid. And I got a video of how I marked it, how I pierced it, all those different things. So I, I think that that could be helpful too. I remember years and years ago, it must have been 10 years ago, I had a, a client in shopping for jewelry who wore a prosthetic ear um, and they would pierce it themselves at home, like mm. their prosthetic ear. They would come in and buy jewelry for it. And I just thought it was so cool yeah. that they could have all these ear piercings and never have to deal with healing, and never have to be in pain. And they could just never like... Never have to buy saline. 
Yeah, and it was, you know, it was one of those things where they were like, oh, I just, you know, I'll pierce it myself at home. It's it's soft. I can just, you know, push the jewellery through almost just like the display ears that we have almost. Um, and they would come in and shop for jewellery for their fake ear. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's cool. All right, well, let's wrap it up and we'll go to the movie and hope that it's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see myself coming out with many more podcasts over the next few weeks because I just... I don't have any like guests lined up. Um, you're here with me now, and I'm going to see you again next month. So we'll probably record something then. But otherwise, I think I'm going to take it a little bit easy on the podcast over the next few weeks so I can focus on video over the holiday season. You know, you, you focus on your personal lives and the people you care about. And I was taking time for that, which I really, really needed. Um, so, I, you know, I'll do more podcasts, but when I have something to talk about or somebody to talk about it with. And probably, right here. Probably going to be you. <laughs> um, so where do you want people to, to find you on the internet? Um, under a damp rock in the forest. Okay. In the forest piercing in Glasgow, yeah. Scotland. All right. You can find me all those places I already said. Maybe sign up for patreon.com slash RyanPBA and see what you think. Or, or our class. Or, our cla- or, or both. Why not yeah. both? I mean, steady on. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, and one last thing. The APP's online core essentials has published. Um, that's only going to be available until March. But uh, the APP's online core essentials is available now. There are eight different classes. Mine is one of them. You can see a, a digital version of Safe Practices in the Piercing Room that I recorded in my studio. Uh, and that's available at safepiercing.org, but only until March of 2023. So don't wait too long. You don't want to miss those classes. There are some really good ones. Can I say bye in Scottish Gaelic? I don't know. Can you? Cheery. That's it? That's fine, yeah. Two weeks of Duolingo, and you say cheery? That's the word. Okay, all right. Well, cheery. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. And welcome back. All right. Um, Piercing Wizard podcast. And uh, we're, we're struggling to find content at this point. But we wanted to mention our class. Um, just a quick reminder to anyone. Also, what just you say? Say... Let's do a, okay, a proper Let's intro. Let's start again. Let's start again. Let's not okay. say we don't have anything to talk about because that's... Because that's, that's all the episodes. All right. Uh, so you, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, and say where you are. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Lola Slider from Forest Piercing. And I am on Ryan Willett's couch in Nashua, New Hampshire, North America, Planet Earth, the universe. Yeah. I don't think you can say the universe because, like, aren't they all like a universe? Like, anyway, Milky Way. That's the galaxy. The galaxy. The galaxy's the Milky Way. The The Milky Way's in the universe. I'm sorry, Ryan Willett's couch, Nashua, New Hampshire, North America, planet Earth, the Milky Way, the universe. Okay. So um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of different things and fucking you know what i'm just gonna stop i'm sorry what's it it's not working for me